You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Good morning, Treeline Church. It's such a blessing to be able to preach to you this morning uh, virtually. I know I'm not there with you, but I really hope that the Holy Spirit will just speak to you in a mighty way. Uh, the Lord really gave me this message this past week, and I really think uh, He has something important to share with you. So try to delve in, pay attention to, uh, you know, as best as you can, even though you probably have little ones running around. But um, I know I do. Oh, he's not running yet. He's actually still potato on the ground. Uh, we have a four-month-old, and uh, he's such a blessing to our lives. We're so happy to have him. I'm scared when he does start running around right now. Like I said, he's just a potato and stays where I put him. But (laughs) all right, so this week we are continuing our series on Please Wait to Be Seated. Uh, Pastor Ryan, my husband, shared last week the first half of this message. We're going to wrap that up this week. And then next week we're going to be in person. So we really hope to see you there. So this title, Please Wait to Be Seated, if you didn't catch the meaning on this last week, what we are looking at is Ephesians 2, 6, chapter 2, verse 6. And I'm going to share that with you right now. I know I'm going straight into scripture. So if you want to um, open up your Bibles or the words will be on the screen to be able to uh, follow along with me here. So begins, for he will, he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So what does this mean? This please wait to be seated. We're talking about being seated along with Christ in the heavenly realms. That means in the future, not currently. Obviously, right now you're sitting in your living room. You're not seated with Christ, but we are. We have an eternal um, eternal location, eternal um, prize at the end of all of this mess. And that's what we're talking about, this please wait to be seated. So we are waiting, and that's what we're talking about all last week and this week, what it means to wait. Um, and in this duration of waiting. And what this means is the world is not our home. I know it's so easy to sometimes get caught up in the day-to-day and we so lose sight of the eternal when we're focused on the carnal and the day-to-day, but this world is not our home. And as citizens of the kingdom of God, we have to remember that here we are foreigners temporarily residing in this world. And we are waiting to enter into glory with Christ. So uh, if you may have heard the song by Switchfoot, I think Pastor Brian shared this, um, this little tidbit before from one of their songs. It says that this skin and bones is a rental. I like that. It's like meaning we're not here forever. We are on a visa. <laughs> this is not our current, our temporary, or sorry, our permanent residence here on earth. So I absolutely hated waiting as a kid. I think, I know kids just like, often don't have patience, but I was really bad. I absolutely hated waiting. I always wanted to go to that next stage of life. I never was content where I was. I wanted to wear makeup before I was, you know, more appropriate to. I wanted to have boyfriends before my mom said I was loud. I always wanted to go to the next stage of life. I never enjoyed the current. So there's this one time when I was around six years old, we lived in Massachusetts at the time, and I wanted this Barbie car, like more than anything. Uh, You know, I'm sure parents, you can understand when your kids start begging for that one toy, it's like so hard to like divert their attention to something else. And all year long, all I wanted was that stupid Barbie car. And I was like, I wanted my friends have one. I want one. Um, and it was just the hot commodity of the year. And in fact, they're like still a hot commodity. In fact, my son is now a proud, proud owner of a Land Rover as a 
uh, um, thanking my, my mother-in-law for gifting him that. So he's got a nicer car than I do. But uh, so um, he can't drive it yet. Like I said, he's still a potato. But uh, someday he will. So I wanted this Barbie car so badly. We actually have footage of me wanting this Barbie car. It is, um, I'm, I'm, I have to share it because it's just so appropriate to share it. But I hate that I, you're going to see me like this because, to be honest, I won this Barbie car so bad that I was, like, the biggest brat in the world. So uh, see past that. The Lord has redeemed me. This is, like, um, you know, what is it, before Christ, B.C.? No, I'm kidding. I knew Jesus then, but um, <laughs> I, I was definitely not beyond the, the brattiness that comes with normal six-year-olds. So uh, to give some context before we show this video, my parents told me that uh, my shoes were magic, and we're just going to, like, avoid the fact that my parents were preaching heresy to me, but it's fine, whatever. Um, my shoes were magic, and I was like, no, like, they're lying. Magic's not real. Don't tell me what to do. And they told me to go outside and go check out this Barbie car. And, um, and I, or no, they actually didn't say it was Barbie car yet. They just said go outside, and I just didn't want to. So I didn't even know what was on the other side. So if we want to um, show that video right now and see the, the horrific um, experience that was Christmas when I was six years old. Go to the door and yeah, see if the magic works. Yeah, well, just try. Sometimes the they do. You gotta get like, here. Just get some cold air on. Please. Go open I'm begging you just to open up the door. You never know what they happens. They said that they're magic and they do the things. The magic isn't real. Come on, let's look. Open the door and find Make out. The Make the wish. Open the door and find out. Oh. I put mine out there and I got my computer. Come on. Come on, Jazzy girl. Just open it real quick. Open the door real quick. Just Come like on, I want to see if it's okay. for real, Jazz. Let's see if, open the door. Please. Let's see if it's real. Look at this. <laughs> see, now the magic is there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Seat <laughs> belts, Barbie belts. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 no crush. Jasmine, you are Jasmine. I got what I wanted, everything. <laughs> oh my uh, so, t yes, you could see I was clearly a class A brat, and I'm sorry the video cut out there in the middle. Um, my mom taped over it with a video of my cat chasing a laser at the time, but anyway, um, so you, you kind of got the, missed the pinnacle there, but you could see that I was so stubborn prior to wanting to, to going outside, what my parents were telling me, go outside, go outside, go outside, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, I just didn't want to listen. My parents knew what was on the other side of that door, and my grandmother was there as well. They knew what was on the other side of the door, but uh, the blessing, the gift, was just on the other side of my obedience. So eventually I do obviously go outside, I see my Barbie car and I say, this is the greatest Christmas ever. Um, and my parents were awesome and they blessed me with that. But my waiting was clearly not in vain. Um, but I was so stubborn in that moment. Uh, I could only see what was right in front of me, which was obviously not a Barbie car, that I almost missed out on the gift. So uh, I, I was so stubborn and so disobedient that I almost missed out on the gift that I could not see in front of me. And to be honest, so many of us are filled with anxiety and the stresses that we face every day, which are valid. They're not, you know, they're not like unreasonable, but we're so focused 
on that stress and that anxiety in front of us or the current issue, current problem, that we lose sight of what God has planned for us in eternity with him. And it's so common, the day-to-day anxiety is so easy to lose sight of what is vertical when we start looking so horizontal. We look horizontal, we see the struggles we're facing, and we don't think or look vertically at all. And that's why this whole concept of please wait to be seated, we have to realize that we are in waiting. This is not forever. This is a waiting period. So our thoughts, our mind, everything has to be set on vertically and not horizontally, which is so easy to do. So let's look vertically here. I'm going to read... um, Out of Galatians chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. And in this chapter, to give some context, what's happening is Paul is writing to the church of Galatia about some these matters that um, the individuals there were being very legalistic, wanting to follow the law of Moses, despite the fact that Christ had already redeemed with his uh, death and resurrection on the cross. So he was trying to speak now. Here is what Christ is saying today. So he's writing to Galatia. Church of Galatia, he says, starting in um, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself, and this is the important, verse 4, who gave himself for our sins, to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So remember here, it says, who gave himself? Christ gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. Present evil age. Present, obviously, giving the connotation that this is not forever. This is a present evil age. And sure, isn't it? (laughs) I'm sure that you today can think of what your present evil age is. I'm sure you don't even need a moment to consider what is that present evil age that you're facing today. We all have it. We all have it because we're in the middle of a pandemic, aren't we? I definitely know that this present evil age sure does feel like a present evil age. But this verse says that Christ has come to rescue us from this present evil age. Rescue us. He's going to rescue us. There is a way out. And you might be saying, no, 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 Jasmine, you don't understand. What I'm dealing with right now is forever. Like this is, this is, this is, this is my life. This is it. This is all there is. I am overwhelmed with depression. I can hardly fall asleep at night. And when I do fall asleep, I can't get out of bed in the morning. You don't understand. This is me forever. Or you say, no, 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 Jasmine. I have anxiety so badly. I wake up shaking. This is the way it's been for as many years as I can remember. This is the way that it will always be. Or maybe you're saying, no, 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 Jasmine. You don't understand. I've been praying for a lost member who who would know Christ, and they haven't. In fact, they're so far away from knowing Christ that there's no hope at all. And this is the way it is, and this is the way it will always be. Or maybe you're saying as well, no, 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 Jasmine, you don't understand. My husband does not love me. He's never loved me. In the beginning of our marriage, he was unfaithful, and there's no hope anymore. Hope is gone. Hope is lost. You don't understand my situation. And while that may be true, I don't understand your situation. But I do know someone who does. 
And of course, if you're saying, no, no, Jasmine, you understand, I am losing it in this pandemic. <laughs> We're always waiting in this pandemic. Gosh, do we not know waiting really well in this pandemic, don't we? We're waiting for, you know, first it was waiting to find out our masks okay. Then it was waiting to find out, hey, can we go outside and, and see each other outside? Okay, okay, can churches start meeting again? Now we're waiting, oh, is, when's, like, when's the vaccine coming? Or, oh, gosh, when, when can I get the vaccine? We're waiting in the season of life. But I want to encourage you, what accompanies waiting? When you say you're waiting for something, and I say like, oh, like for example, um, you know, like I said, we have a four-month-old. No one knows waiting better than a, th- uh, than a pregnant woman who is 38 weeks, um, who can hardly walk and uh, everything hurts. <laughs> um, and we are waiting in that moment because we knew the gift that was coming. So we are waiting. And when you, have, when you are waiting, you have hope. So I want to encourage you here that while we have been delivered from this present evil age, as uh, Galatians tells us, we have not been delivered out of it. Beth Moore, an amazing woman of God, she says, and like I said a little bit earlier, she says, we are still living abroad in a land of temptations, trials, and terrors, but our visas will expire. We're still living abroad in a land of temptations, trials, and terrors. Temptations, trials, and terrors. I'm sure we all can think of our personal temptation, trial, and terror. But our visas will expire. If you're taking notes, I want to go into point number one. If you're writing this down, uh, it's one day we will go from groans to glory. One day we will go from groans to glory. And, uh, and to give this point a little bit more merit, I'm going to begin in Romans 8. I know I'm jumping all over scripture today. <laughs> this is not the last time, I'm sorry. Uh, it's just the Bible has so much to say about this concept of present evil age. So uh, Romans 8, chapter 18 through 25. Starting in verse 8, it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay into glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit as the first fruits, those of us who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Eagerly waiting for that redemption of our bodies, aren't we? Now, in this hope, we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope. Because who hopes for what he sees? Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. So we are eagerly waiting for the redemption of our bodies. In this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what they see? I didn't hope for my son when he was, you know, still in my belly. I didn't hope. I mean, I did, but I, I hoped because I hadn't seen him yet. It's not hope when he's in front of me. I'm like, oh, I hope I have my baby. And he's right in front of me. It's like, no, I got my baby now, you know. But I hoped for him when I didn't have him. 
So who hopes for what we do not see? We eagerly wait for it with patience. So please remember that this hope is what drives us, is what saves us as we eagerly wait for the redemption of our bodies. And many times in our life, our sufferings are so incredibly innumerable, vast, unexplainable, that it is only the prospect of this eternal glory with Christ that really keeps us going. Sometimes in our life, the struggles are so great that the only thing that keeps us going is knowing that this is not forever. Knowing that God has a future plan for us, eternal glory with him in heaven next to Christ Jesus. And it's that hope for eternal life with Christ that drives us to have this patience. And we're going to jump now to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. If there's a verse that you should memorize today, it's probably this one. Uh, You may already know it, but it says, Now faith is the assurance of what we hope for and the certainty of what we do not see. So hope that is unseen. We talk about that hope you don't see. What is that? We're talking about faith. Faith. Believing in something that we don't see. And there's so much that we don't see right now. We have to remember that our Scripture says that our fight is not with flesh and blood. There is an eternal war for our souls in the spiritual realm. And we have to remember that that day-to-day issues you're facing, there's so much more behind it than just the, the legitimate or the, the details that you can only see tangibly right in front of you. And as I said earlier, that sometimes we are so overwhelmed with the trem- temporary struggles that we forget the eternal triumph. So, I mean, that's like... You're so not at fault. Oh my, I'm completely guilty of forgetting about the eternal triumph. And I'm so overwhelmed with the temporary struggles. My mom used to tell me when I was a, a kid, I mean, she still does actually. Uh, she used to say, I would get, I would come home from school upset about something. Maybe my friend said something mean to me. And then I also got a bad grade on a test or something. And then my mom starts yelling at me to go do chores. And, and I remember I would just like break down. I'd be like, this is too much. And I, like, I couldn't handle it. I, I really had a stress level. I mean, I do have still a low stress threshold. And uh, my mom would tell me, she'd be like, Jasmine, stop grouping it all together. You know, stop getting so overwhelmed. Stop grouping it all together. If you really see just how silly your concerns are right now. You know, as, as a mom, you see the struggles of your child and you're thinking, oh gosh, like if only you knew what's, you know, what the rest of life has to offer or how little your struggles really are. And that's what God is saying to us right now in this moment. Not that he is telling us that how we feel is unreasonable, because that's not, that's not at all the heart of God. But what he's saying is that the feelings you feel right now are so, they pale in comparison to that eternal glory. Going back to the um, Romans 8, 18, he says, again, I'm just going to repeat, for I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. It doesn't even compare. But like I said, we talked about hope that is unseen is called faith. And what this present evil age does really well, we talk about the present evil age in Galatians, this present evil age will test our faith like none other. It'll test our faith so bad. And a helpful reminder is that it is never on the mountaintops that our faith is tested. You know, when things are going great, That's not when our faith is tested, right? (laughs) When is our faith tested? It's tested when we are in the valley, when things just really, really suck. 
<laughs> that is when our faith is really tested. Uh, God has this funny theme in my life that it's in my lack when he starts to ask me to do something that's just so outrageous. And uh, he always shows up and shows off. But James, I'm going to look at here at James chapter 1, 17. I know I'm jumping all over. Says that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. This Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. And our whole world is changing right now like a shifting shadow. I mean, everything's changed. Gosh, did we think we would be here last year? No, we didn't. Everything has changed like a shifting shadow. And some of us have a terrible tendency to change our opinion and view on Christ because of our present evil age. And when things change like shifting shadows, we think that our God changes too. We think God changes just like that shifting shadow. Just when things look bad, that's it. You know, God's promised this in scripture. He promised this to me before in life. But no, 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 he's not here anymore. We make our present evil age this law, this rule, and it's not. Scripture tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The, pr- the promises that he gave you in Scripture. If you want to know, hey, um, you know, what does God have to say to me right now? <laughs> read his word, right? He gave that to us for a reason, to read his word and hear what he has to say. So the promises he gave us in Scripture still are the same today. They are still the same today. Or maybe think back in a previous time in your life that the Lord has spoke to you and or promised you, I will take care of you, and he showed it, that he showed that he would take care of you. Remember those moments. And we're going to talk a little bit about more about remembering God's uh, faithfulness in a second. But it's important also to know that faith isn't faith. So sorry, point two was the present evil age will test our faith. The present evil age will test our faith. Point three being faith isn't faith until it's tested. Faith isn't faith until it's tested. So in chapter, um, sorry, in 1 Kings chapter 17, there's a story of Elijah. I know it's funny because I just named, our son's name is Elijah, but uh, the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament, the Lord tells him to, there's a, there's a drought in the land at this point in scripture and uh, famine, he's frequently hungry. Uh, this drought consistently is drying up the the locations of for water the prophet elijah elijah is told to go to zarephath i'm probably butchering that town but it's irrelevant zarephath and as a poor widow and and is told by god to go ask this poor widow for oil and flour but what elijah didn't know in that moment was that the woman only had a little oil and flour that she was reserving for her son. It was only her and her son. All she had was one more meal of oil and flour. So what her plan was, was to eat this oil and flour, come together, cook it together with her son as their last meal. And after that, she had no other prospect other than to die because it was their last meal. It's all they had. And here comes this prophet Elijah, comes to this poor widow and says, hey, let me have that. Let me have some of that, that oil and that flour. And she's like, oh, no, no, Elijah, you don't understand. My son and I were going to eat this meal as our last meal. And then we were going to die. We were going, that was it. They were going to die of starvation. But the prophet Elijah told her to do so anyway. He promised from God. God gave him a promise 
to share with this widow that she would never lack again. So this woman is stuck in this moment of, okay, I have oil and flour only for my son. I've got this man coming here telling me that the Lord told him to, to ask me to give this oil and flour and that I will never lack again. What she saw in front of her, that moment, that current moment, all she saw in front of her was a tiny bit of oil and flour enough for one more meal. That was her present evil age. That is what she saw in front of her. But this widow's faith was so evident in her obedience and God was faithful to her prom- to his promise. The in chapter 17 verse King 17 verses 15 through 16 it says that she and he in her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent. Neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. So I don't know what your present evil age or present evil age is. I know what this poor widow's was, and I know what God asked her to do, and I know what God promised for her, and I know that God delivered with that promise. So I don't know what your present evil age is, but what I do know is that God is the master of the miraculous when we exercise our faith. So when all hope seems lost, The Lord is still good and faithful, just like he was with that widow. But it was the obedience and the faith of that woman that predated, that came before the miracle. What we have to understand here is that God desired to partner with this widow, just like he wants to partner with us, so that the obedience, our obedience, would open up the miraculous. Think back to me when I was (laughs) um, a stubborn brat and didn't want to go outside It was that obedience that predated the gift. What God has planned, what God promises, what my parents promised. The enemy wants us to believe that the reality of what you see in front of you is all there is. And that your present evil age isn't present. It's forever. He wants you to believe that that struggle, this pandemic is forever. Your depression is forever. Your anxiety is forever. Everything I'm dealing with right now will not change. This is it. I'm just coming to terms with this is the fact of my reality. What I've dealt with before, my chronic pain, my chronic suffering, this is the way it's been as long as I can remember. The doctors can't find out what to do. This is just my, well, this is just my reality. And what the enemy wants you to believe is that it is forever, but it is not forever. It is not forever. And yes, I am speaking of the eternal. You know, it's not forever. And you're like, oh my gosh, I have to wait like how much longer to die? Like, <laughs> yes, we will be made, uh, the, you know, in, in Romans 8, it talks about the redemption of our bodies. Yes, this is not forever. Our skin and bones is a rental. This is, and I think it's so important that we need to remember that. But what we also need to remember is that we have a God today that loves you and cares for you, gives you promises of peace that transcends all understanding in the midst of your struggles that our joy does not come from this current struggle, but it comes from the Lord. Now, happiness and joy are different. You find your source quite differently in joy versus happiness. Happiness is determined by our circumstances, but joy is determined by God and who he is and who he says he is, and he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But what the enemy wants you to forget, and I said this earlier, is how God has provided the miraculous in the past when I was preparing this message, I was flipping through an old journal, and I often do that to see, um, you know, what did I write before? 
And the last journal entry I had was written, uh, I'm ashamed to say that it was like a year ago that I wrote the last um, journal entry. It was in January of last year. And in that journal entry, it was during the 21 days of prayer and fasting that we were, you know, we do this every beginning of the year. It's an awesome time. I wrote in the journal, God, provide us with a child. Let him be glorifying to you. And But I also wrote there, which was different, because we had been asking for our son for a long time, for a child for a long time. And what I wrote was a little bit different that time. I wrote, but if you don't, you are still good. And that was different than every other prayer I had said before. Every other prayer was like, God, you're good if you give me a child, but you're not good if you don't. <laughs> but in this, um, this prayer journal, I, I wrote this last entry, God, give us a child. God, you know how much we desire this. And I had, we had waited for quite a long time for God to provide that blessing for us. And obviously we know, I mean, I've already shared that the Lord did bless us. And I shared this in a previous sermon that um, we had our little baby boy on October 5th of this past year. But let me tell you something. This is just amazing. Had God given me the miracle when I had asked for it, there was so much that wouldn't have happened. Uh, my husband, he, um, we also work on um, some secular jobs and he started his last job September, 2019, uh, or it was like September, late September, 2019. And we found out when I was already pregnant that he would have gotten six weeks paternity leave after a year of being there. So that would have been September, October, 2020. And as you know, I just said, my son was born in October and also, I was finishing my master's degree at that point, finished it in September 2020. <laughs> There's so many other things and stories about the timing of having my our son and the fact that my husband was able to spend six weeks paternity leave with us was just so important. And gosh, I can't even, like, it was such an amazing experience having him home with us for this first six weeks. And that wouldn't have happened. And I could go on with the, the timing of that. But uh, the timing was so perfect. God knew he had a, it perfectly in store to give us that blessing. And when I realized, God, you're still good. You No matter what, you know, you're still good. That suffering and that patience I needed to have in my present evil age was so much easier to endure. And as we wrap up here, Perhaps you don't really know if you are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. Perhaps you're hearing me say about this comfort, this love of Christ, and you're like, I don't even know what that feels like. Perhaps you're listening and you're saying, no, 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 she really doesn't understand. What I'm dealing with is absolutely not changing. Like, not, this is it. But I am here to let you know that there is a Savior who desires to deliver and rescue you out of your present evil age, who also loves you so much more than you can possibly understand. I mean, I don't even understand the love of Christ. I just, you know, having our son really does help. I mean, gosh, like, it helps a lot, but probably not in comparison to how much God really does love us. But it helps me look at my son and think, gosh, like, how much I love him. And God loves me so much more. You know, I'm like, it's just like mind blowing. And I still don't, my love for my son still does not compare to the love that Christ has for me. I read out of Romans 8, chapter 8 verse uh, before. <clears throat> and the ending of that um, chapter, starting in verse 31, it says this. This is also a great verse to memorize if you're needing one. If God is for us, who is against us? He did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring an accusation against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more has been raised, 
He's also at the right hand of God and intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of God? Can affliction, can distress, can persecution, can famine, can nakedness, can danger or sword separate us from the love of God? No. As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long and we are counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, and this is this the key, the good cherry on top of this verse here. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other th- created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is Christ Jesus, our Lord. Gosh, I could just like meditate on that verse, couldn't we? Just, just rest in that, that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Not even your doubt, not even the, your thought right now that you're too far gone, <laughs> you know? So many of us fall guilty of thinking that we're so far gone, but we're really not. Um, I read out of Galatians, if you don't know who Paul is, read about Paul. He's somebody that absolutely felt like he was probably too far gone. <laughs> but he wasn't, and you're not. And if you want to join Christ in eternity and believe that by his death and resurrection, he is really for you, then join with me in this prayer. So if you want to just listen to what I'm saying and repeat after me as I'm speaking, and there's nothing magical about this prayer, just like there's nothing magical about those shoes I was wearing earlier. There's nothing magical about this prayer, of course not. But it is the transformation, the belief in your heart that allows you to come with Christ. And I pray in this moment, if this is truly your first time accepting this, and this, or maybe, maybe you've known Christ for many years and you want to come back to him, you've fallen really far, which is quite easy to do in this past year. <laughs> you want to rededicate your life to Christ. God, no, I know the way I was this past year, but no, 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 I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the stress. I'm done with the present evil age. I'm done with the anxiety that I felt like was never going to wait. But God, now I'm choosing to trust in you because you are good. Then repeat after me with with this prayer. God, I believe that you desire to deliver me from this present evil age. Please forgive me for not always acting in a way that is pleasing to you. God, I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross and then was raised again from the dead to rescue us from the trials and tribulations of this world. God, I put my life, my future, my fears in your hands so that you may guide me. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. And if you did share that verse, uh, we have, um, I can't remember the exact number for the, for, for the um, texting, but I'm sure um, our dear Caleb can put on the bottom here. Text uh, this number here, rejoice to this number, and let us know if you made that decision for the first time to spend eternity with Christ and to, I mean, I know we say this, like, accept him into, his, into your heart, and it sounds so, like churchy and Christian-y, but it is so much more than that. It's honestly more of a feeling than I can actually even explain to you in words, but I pray that this peace that transcends all understanding, talked about in Philippians, this peace that transcends all understanding will overwhelm you in this moment, that the stresses of your life would, just not, compare, would not compare to this eternity, eternity we have with 
God. So thank you so much for listening in this Sunday. I know that these days of having to sit at home listening to sermons online are getting quite uh, taxing, (laughs) just to uh, the understatement of the year. Um, But we hope to see you in person if you're comfortable next Sunday. We really do hope to see you there. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.